What up, people? It is Monday, October 22nd. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. Man, I have a lot on my mind today. Um, I want to start off with the more serious stuff first. Um, I know in the last podcast I talked about my current girlfriend's ex-husband and how he's a bully. Well, this fool is only getting worse. Um, and it's taken a lot for me to bite my tongue and stay out of this situation and just be supportive of her and what she's going through with their with their son. Uh, this dude, and I'm not the type to really take sides. Uh, I've always been the type just I'm on the side of, of what's right. Um, you know, my girlfriend has expressed several issues that they've had together. She always asks my opinion and if I think she was wrong, I would tell her, you know, I would give her my opinion and I try to be uh, non-biased because she's my girlfriend, but I don't automatically take her side. But a lot of the stuff I've seen and read from his text messages to emails, something is mentally wrong with this dude. Uh, He seems to be at a point where his main goal in life is to make her life miserable at the expense of their son, which is very sad. I mean, to actually witness it. And I know this is my girlfriend, but since we've been together since May, I've seen nothing but her try to be a co-parent, reach out uh, to him to try to co-parent, to ask for suggestions on what he feels they could do better as co-parents. Not once has he ever given an answer. He's a finger pointer and just blames her for every single thing. He has never once taken any responsibility for anything that he's done. And some of the latest bullshit he's done, um, on a call with his son, he was on speakerphone and my girlfriend actually heard him tell his son that he chose the wrong mom for him, um, that she was trying to intentionally keep them together because she doesn't love him, uh, that she's racist because my girlfriend is white, her ex-husband is black, and they have a biracial son, um, And just a caveat to that is, yes, my girlfriend is white. I've dated black girls before. I date who I want. I date who makes me happy. That's the end of that. But, um, you know, he to tell his son that their mom is racist and don't love him, it's just so over the line and ridiculous. And he's actually um, told his son he doesn't have to listen to his mom. And knowing that if he disobeys his mom, the son will get in trouble. She's going to discipline him. Um, But he's basically intentionally trying to get his son in trouble and cause issues uh, between the two. And it's just, it's so sad to see because the son is the one that's going to be hurt the most. It hurts my girlfriend because that's her son and she knows what's going on. He's only seven. And... My thing is, you know, she has an appointment with an attorney to try to get either supervised visitation or all out full custody of their son. Because as long as this dude is around, and I think it's important that a a kid have both of their parents in their life, but not at the detriment to the kid like this. I mean, something's mentally wrong with this dude. I personally, I don't have any biological kids. so it's definitely me on the outside looking in. And whenever she asks my opinion, the first thing I tell her is, look, I don't have any biological kids, but this is how I would handle it. Uh, I can go by the way I was raised. And also, 
uh, with my other ex-girlfriend, she has two daughters that I'm still close with now. And I've been in their life for the past seven years. I love those two girls to death. Uh, I would do anything for them. I still see them. I still have a relationship with the kids, but not their mother. Um, the girl's grandmother have custody of them. So, you know, she allows me to see them and, and talk to them. And I told those girls, as long as they want me in their life, I will be there for them. And I mean it. I go visit them, uh, spend time with them. They send me Father's Day cards. They send me stuff for my birthday. So we have a very close bond. So that's the closest I've had to raising kids. And I've actually lived with them before, too, when me and Mike lived together. So I have a little experience, but not that, not from a biological standpoint. But I think a lot of stuff is common sense. Um, you know, I was fortunate to have two wonderful parents uh, that they're just genuinely good people. They're great examples of people and of parents and of what a marriage is. They've been married for 44 years, almost 45 years. So I've had good examples, but I understand that not everybody has had these examples. And with my girl, she didn't have the best examples of parenting and her husband, uh, ex-husband, he's just, he's a bully. My girlfriend is pretty quiet and really speaking up for herself is kind of out of her comfort zone. But, you know, the way I explained it to her is either you speak up for yourself, that's the only way it's going to change. You have to get a backbone. You have to stand up to this bully because he'll keep trying to do it until you stand up to him. And he doesn't like the fact that she's standing up for herself. Uh, I never want to make anything worse, but I'm going to have my girls back, especially when she's right. Or when I see all she's trying to do is the right thing. Um, it's taking a lot for me not to talk to this dude, but that would only hurt the situation and make it worse. So I'm just standing back. I'm being supportive. If she asks my opinion, I give her my honest opinion. If she want to take that information or not, that's fine. I'm cool either way. Um, but it's just to see this being done, somebody intentionally trying to harm their child, they're not looking at the bigger picture. They're not looking at how all of this information is affecting his son. And it, it's sad, and I feel bad for my girl because I know she's doing everything she can. She has him in therapy. Uh, she's in therapy herself, but the father, that's something wrong with that dude. Uh, he's an A1 asshole, and I hope you know this attorney um, will be able to help her because he needs to learn what he's doing, how it's harming his son. And obviously he's not even thinking about that because he has such hatred for her that it's clouding his judgment concerning his son. So enough of that subject. Uh, is The only reason I talked about that first is because they had some issues going on today and that's the most recent thing on my mind. Um, with that said, my girl took me to go see uh, The Hate You Give on Saturday night. And I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was very timely, uh, the subject matter. And if you're not familiar with it, it's about this young black girl who lives in the inner city, but her parents have chosen to uh, send her and her two brothers to a school in the suburbs, a private school, um, totally different environment. And basically, she kind of has two lives. She has her life at home. She has her life there at school. Well, she was uh, at a party and ran into an old friend of hers. He was taking her home from the party they got pulled over by the cops and the cop ended up shooting them, shooting a, her friend. He had a hairbrush in his hand. Of course, the cop thought it was a gun, shot him. 
and it was about the process after what happened, her being the only witness to what happened, having to testify in front of a grand jury, if she even wanted to come forward and let them know. Um, so it was just, I thought it was a very good movie, a timely movie, and it sparked a lot of conversation with me and my girlfriend because um, as much as she cares, she'll never be able to understand what it's like to be put in those situations to where, um, you know, just the different perspectives you get from situations like that. A lot of times when you're not a minority and these things are less likely to happen to you, it seems like the people who's less affected have the most to say. They have the biggest opinion about it. So talking to her and getting her thoughts and it just sparked a lot of dialogue uh, and conversation. And here in the Dallas area, the uh, situation with Botham John, who is the, the black man sitting in his apartment, the police officer claimed she went to what she thought was her apartment and killed him. Um, you know, we've had a lot of discussions about that kind of stuff too. And I love my girl because she's very compassionate. But again, it's not something that she will ever understand or have to live with. But she is raising a biracial son who looks black. So these are things she has to be aware of because it could affect him later down the line. Um, and those are things I explained to her as well. But I mean, just really good conversation. Uh, I think it's a good conversation period with anybody, but especially someone who's not a minority. I think it sparks a very good conversation and that way you kind of see how uh, people think and the different perspectives. Um, I think it's important to talk to people with different perspectives uh, just for understanding. Um, also, with the uh, elections coming up, my girl and I, we both went and voted together today in the Texas uh, elections. And we have a big election here, um, especially with Ted Cruz as Senator and Beto O'Rourke uh, running against Ted Cruz. Um, my girlfriend has not been the most political person when we first met. She said she had only voted three or four times in her life. She was of the opinion that, um, you know, her vote didn't really count. And I think that's because of other people that she had talked to in the past. Um, as we started dating, as we started getting closer to the election, you know, I just explained to her why voting was important to me. Um, especially being black. Um, a lot of people fought and died for the right for me to vote. And I think it is absolutely necessary for me to exercise that right because of what the people before me did in order for me to have this opportunity. Um, you know, I think we've seen in the last election that, you know, votes count, they matter. And that's my opinion though. Um, and I just told her how important I thought it was. And so she started kind of looking at the candidates and I told her from day one, I would never tell you or encourage you to vote for anybody specific. That's your own opinion. We don't even have to talk about it, but just get involved, understand the process, understand what's going on, understand the issues. And we actually looked, I had her look at the, the uh, platforms for each party and said, just, you know, go with what plat party platform you think serves your best interest. And I don't know which one that was. Uh, I didn't ask, it's none of my business. But um, we watched the debates together uh, and we talked about the debates afterwards. You know, she had questions. I may know a little more about certain things that she does and I gave her my opinion and we actually Googled information and looked stuff up. Um, 
so she's really wanting to get involved and understand because again some of the stuff that's going on some of these laws that are passing they might not directly affect her they probably would uh, directly affect her son though so I just thought it was important for her to um, you know just find out what's going on and again it was my opinion I expressed it to her she understood where I was coming from she took it to heart and she realized that yeah maybe she does need to get involved um, I didn't make her do anything. I'm not that kind of dude. She has her own mind, her own free will to do whatever she wants. But I just want her to be informed. And we've had a lot of good discussions about that. And again, we she asked me um, if I would go vote with her. And we went this morning and voted, and I was proud of her. I didn't ask her who she voted for. Again, that's none of my business. So I'm just glad she chose to exercise that right. Uh, because right now, especially here in Texas, things are... Uh, it, it's a huge election, this uh, this go around, this primary. So I think Texas has a really good economy. My area uh, was ranked the second best area to live in in the nation, the city I live in. Um, it's booming. We have a lot of corporations moving their corporate offices here. Uh, we have a lot of growth and expansion. They're throwing apartment buildings up on any little piece of land they find. Uh, so the economy here is booming. That's one good thing about Texas, but there are a lot of negative things too. Uh, and I won't go into all of that, but um, I think it's important that whoever's listening, you have elections coming up, get out and vote. Um, it, it's, it's too important. We have too much at stake right now not to vote. Uh, if we want to continue with this divisiveness, I think, um, if you don't vote, that's what's gonna happen. Uh, I wish we had leadership that would promote unity, but I have not seen that at all from the top. Not, not one bit, not one unified front. Um, this dude keeps having these rallies and spreading his misinformation. And I think that's one of the biggest issues I have. He has rallies every other week. Taxpayers are paying for all of this stuff. What is he actually doing to help the country? He's pandering to his base, these people that believe his nonsense. He has a, a history of just throwing out information without any facts at all attached to it. Um, and the situation with the journalist who was killed in Saudi Arabia, uh, I've heard so many different reports on how this man died. And you know, one report was that he was alive as they start cutting his fingers off and his body was dismembered. and. There's not a lot of outrage about it. But I could guarantee if President Obama was still in the office, that would be outrage. If we look at what happened with Benghazi um, and Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State, Benghazi was a very unfortunate event. Uh, four people lost their lives. But to my understanding, and after doing some research, there was uh, a request for additional funding for security for those embassies that was denied by Congress, who at the time was run by Republicans. Um, but yet they had what, about 18, 19 investigations. Hillary Clinton had to testify for 10 plus hours and nothing was found. She was not found to be at fault. But we had the issue in Niger last year where the Marines were killed. Uh, I think the Navy SEALs were killed and a guy's body was left over there. And, no investigation has happened with that. And I wonder why. But you had 18, 19 investigations on Benghazi. 
So it's just such hypocritical um, hypocritical efforts from Republican Party, and that's my opinion. But I, it's not nothing is evil. If you're gonna have you know 18, 19 investigations on Benghazi, we should have the same thing for what happened in Niger and anything else. Uh, I don't know why we keep letting these people have a pass and and don't grill them like they grill other people. Um, okay, enough of that. I, I could go on that for days. Uh, but moving on, let's get to something happier. Sports talk. Watch the Cowboys yesterday. They're garbage. Uh, after they put up 40 points uh, last week on Jacksonville, you know, people in the area was talking about Super Bowl and Dak is the greatest and all of that nonsense, which I knew was just nonsense anyway. Um, the Cowboys are average at best. They did go out and made a huge deal today. They traded the first round pick for Amari Cooper from the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I think he's an upgrade compared to what they have, but he's not a a team maker. He's not a difference maker in that way, from my opinion. Uh, the Cowboys receiving core is garbage. Dak is average. Uh, Zeke is elite. But teams have, um, they stack the box because they don't trust the wide receivers. The wide receivers aren't proven. Uh, so they'll stack the box on Zeke and they'll stop the run. Uh, obviously the Cowboys, they haven't won a game on the road and I don't know how long uh, they tend to get very conservative when they go on the road, just like yesterday. Uh, huge mismanagement of the clock at the end of the game. Um, instead of playing for the win, they played for a field goal tie and got a five-yard penalty, moved the field goal back to make it like a 50-something-yard field goal, and they hit the crossbar, and they end up losing the game. But instead of being aggressive and going for the win, or even trying to get closer, they just let time run off the clock and just huge mismanagement of of the clock with the minute left. And that's on Jason Garrett, which he's garbage too. Um, I wish they would let him go, but all they would do is replace him with another yes man to Jerry Jones. So might as well stick with what you have, but no high expectations for them the rest of the year. Uh, also finally glad that basketball season has started too. So you got a couple of different options to watch. Uh, kind of keeping in touch with the Dallas Mavericks. They've been garbage since they won the championship, but they have a nice young squad with the exception of Dirk. He's like 50, but he's coming off the bench. He's accepted his role and he can mentor some of the younger guys, but they have a nice little young nucleus. Uh, and I think in a couple of years, they're going to be pretty good. So they may be a team to watch uh, in the next couple of years. They're slowly adding pieces um, and they're still, once they gel, I think they're going to be a decent team. Uh, not a playoff team this year, next year, but give them a good three to four years and, and really get to play together and gel as a team. If they can keep it together, I think they'll be okay. And I guess the big fight between uh, L.A. and Houston Rockets, Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo throwing blows at each other. Uh, I don't know the whole story. I just saw the highlights, but apparently... Rajon Rondo spit in Chris Paul's face. That's what precipitated the the fight. Um, I know there was some suspicions. I haven't heard the whole details on that yet. But I guess that's one way to start off the basketball season. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for this week. 
So I do need to give my verbal middle fingers. And they will go to three people this week. Golf Cart Gail, Doorway Dorothy, and Bodega Becky. If you don't know these stories, the white lady on the golf cart who called the police on a black father at a youth soccer game because he was yelling at his son on the soccer field. And the guy even offered to leave, but no, she called the police on him anyway. Of course, nothing happened to the dude because he didn't do anything wrong. Um, Bodega Becky, that chick, claimed the nine-year-old boy grabbed her butt as he was leaving the store. She called the police on him. And with video proof, it showed that um, his backpack grazed her little flat ass. And then without that video proof though, um, who knows what would happen. But this little boy on the video, he's just crying, screaming uh, because he knew he didn't do anything wrong. And she chose to call the police. And then of course, after she was proven wrong, as they all are, uh, she issued this lame apology. And it's like, you wanna scar this little boy for life over some nonsense. I mean, it's just, if you think about it, if you know the story of Emmett Till, uh, the young black kid from Chicago, I think he was in Mississippi visiting family, and the story was he winked at a white lady. She went and told her husband. His hu Her husband went and got some more guys. They went to the house where Emmett Till was staying, uh, kidnapped him, beat him, and hung him from a tree. And I think this was in the 50s or the 60s. And the mom, Emmett Till's mom, decided to have an open casket because she wanted the world to see what these people did to her son just for supposedly winking at her. And also, uh, I think within the past 10 years, the lady who accused him of winking finally admitted that she lied. And she's still walking free. I think she's still alive. But anyway, and the last uh, verbal middle finger goes to Doorway Dorothy, the white lady who was trying to prevent a black man from going into his own building and demanding to see his key fob to get into his apartment. And he just, he denied. He was like, I'm not, I don't have to show you anything. You're not building security. So she got on the elevator with him all of this time, saying she was afraid for her life, followed him to his door where he opened the door and walked in. She still had the nerve to call police on him after he went into his apartment and said that she was told by uh, man the building management that if you see someone in the building that you don't recognize, you need to stop them. That's not people's job, and I seriously doubt that's a policy because unless you know every single person that lives in that building, you won't know everybody. I think that's a ridiculous policy if that's what the policy is but man people need to learn to mind their damn business because I'm sure a building like that probably has security cameras and if anything would have happened they could have checked the security cameras but for her to stop this man follow him all the way to the door then still call the police once he unlocked his own door and went in is ridiculous and I think she got fired from her job but it's like when will people just let black people live just let us live let us live our life. We're not doing anything. We can't barbecue. We can't go home. We can't even sit in our own apartment without getting shot and that being justified. So uh, to y'all three ladies, rebel middle finger to y'all, mind your business. Stop trying to ruin people's life.
over bullshit. Alright, that's it for this week. Until next week, God bless. Peace. What up, people? It is Monday, October 22nd. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. Man, I have a lot on my mind today. Um, I want to start off with the more serious stuff first. Um, I know in the last podcast I talked about my current girlfriend's ex-husband and how he's a bully. Well, this fool is only getting worse. Um... And it's taken a lot for me to bite my tongue and stay out of this situation and just be supportive of her and what she's going through with their with their son. Uh, this dude, and I'm not the type to really take sides. Uh, I've always been the type just I'm on the side of, of what's right. Um, you know, my girlfriend has expressed several issues that they've had together. She always asks my opinion and if I think she was wrong, I would tell her. You know, I would give her my opinion and I try to be uh, non-biased because she's my girlfriend, but I don't automatically take her side. But a lot of the stuff I've seen and read from his text messages to emails, something is mentally wrong with this dude. Uh, He seems to be at a point where his main goal in life is to make her life miserable at the expense of their son, which is very sad. I mean, to actually witness it and I know this is my girlfriend, but since we've been together since May, I've seen nothing but her try to be a co-parent, reach out uh, to him to try to co-parent, to ask for suggestions on what he feels they could do better as co-parents. Not once has he ever given an answer. He's a finger pointer and just blames her for every single thing. He has never once taken any responsibility for anything that he's done. And some of the latest bullshit he's done um, on a call with his son, he was on speakerphone and my girlfriend actually heard him tell his son that he chose the wrong mom for him. Um, That she was trying to intentionally keep them together because she doesn't love him. Uh, That she's racist because my girlfriend is white, her ex-husband is black, and they have a biracial son. And just a caveat to that is, yes, my girlfriend is white. I've dated black girls before. I date who I want. I date who makes me happy. That's the end of that. But, um, you know, he to tell his son that their mom is racist and don't love him, it's just so over the line and ridiculous. And he's actually um, told his son he doesn't have to listen to his mom. And knowing that if he disobeys his mom, the son will get in trouble. She's going to discipline him. Um, But he's basically intentionally trying to get his son in trouble and cause issues uh, between the two. And it's just, it's so sad to see because the son is the one that's going to be hurt the most. It hurts my girlfriend because that's her son and she knows what's going on. He's only seven. And... My thing is, you know, she has an appointment with an attorney to try to get either supervised visitation or all out full custody of their son because as long as this dude is around 
and I think it's important that a, a kid have both of their parents in their life, but not at the detriment to the kid like this. I mean, this something's mentally wrong with this dude. I personally, I don't have any biological kids. Um, so it's definitely me on the outside looking in. And whenever she asks my opinion, the first thing I tell her is, look, I don't have any biological kids, but this is how I would handle it. Uh, I can go by the way I was raised. And also uh, with my other ex-girlfriend, she has two daughters that I'm still close with now. And I've been in their life for the past seven years. I love those two girls to death. Uh, I would do anything for them. I still see them. I still have a relationship with the kids, but not their mother. Um, the girl's grandmother have custody of them. So, you know, she allows me to see them and, and talk to them. And I told those girls, as long as they want me in their life, I will be there for them. And I mean it. I go visit them, uh, spend time with them. They send me Father's Day cards. They send me stuff for my birthday. So we have a very close bond. So that's the closest I've had to raising kids. And I've actually lived with them before, too, when me and Mike lived together. So I have a little experience, but not that, not from a biological standpoint. But I think a lot of stuff is common sense. Um, you know, I was fortunate to have two wonderful parents uh, that they're just genuinely good people. They're great examples of people and of parents and of what a marriage is. They've been married for 44 years, almost 45 years. So I've had good examples, but I understand that not everybody has had these examples. And with my girl, she didn't have the best examples of parenting and her husband, uh, ex-husband, he's just, he's a bully. My girlfriend is pretty quiet and really speaking up for herself is kind of out of her comfort zone. But you know, the way I explained it to her is either you speak up for yourself, that's the only way it's gonna change. You have to get a backbone, you have to stand up to this bully because he'll keep trying to do it until you stand up to him. And he doesn't like the fact that she's standing up for herself. Uh, I never wanna make anything worse, but I'm gonna have my girls back, especially when she's right. Or when I see all she's trying to do is the right thing. Um, it's taking a lot for me not to talk to this dude, but that would only hurt the situation and make it worse. So I'm just standing back. I'm being supportive. If she asks my opinion, I give her my honest opinion. If she want to take that information or not, that's fine. I'm cool either way. Um, but it's just to see this being done, somebody intentionally trying to harm their child, they're not looking at the bigger picture. They're not looking at how all of this information is affecting his son. And it's sad, and I feel bad for my girl because I know she's doing everything she can. She has him in therapy. Uh, she's in therapy herself, but the father, that's something wrong with that dude. Uh, he's an A1 asshole, and I hope you know this attorney um, will be able to help her because he needs to learn what he's doing, how it's harming his son. And obviously he's not even thinking about that because he has such hatred for her that it's clouding his judgment concerning his son. So enough of that subject. Uh, is The only reason I talked about that first is because they had some issues going on today and that's the most recent thing on my mind. Um, with that said, my girl took me to go see uh, The Hate You Give on Saturday night. And I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was very timely, uh, the subject matter. And if you're not familiar with it, it's about this young black girl who lives in the inner city, but her parents have chosen to uh, send her and her two brothers 
to a school in the suburbs, a private school, um, totally different environment. And basically, she kind of has two lives. She has her life at home. She has her life there at school where she was uh, at a party and ran into an old friend of hers. He was taking her home from the party. They got pulled over by the cops and the cop ended up shooting them, shooting her friend. He had a hairbrush in his hand. Of course, the cop thought it was a gun, shot him. And it was about the process after what happened, her being the only witness to what happened, having to testify in front of a grand jury, if she even wanted to come forward and let them know. Um, so it was just, I thought it was a very good movie, a timely movie, and it sparked a lot of conversation with me and my girlfriend because um, as much as she cares, she'll never be able to understand what it's like to be put in those situations to where, um, you know, just the different perspectives you get from situations like that. A lot of times when you're not a minority and these things are less likely to happen to you, it seems like the people who's less affected have the most to say. They have the biggest opinion about it. So talking to her and getting her thoughts and it just sparked a lot of dialogue uh, and conversation. And here in the Dallas area, the uh, situation with Botham John, who is the, the black man sitting in his apartment, the police officer claimed she went to what she thought was her apartment and killed him. Um, you know, we've had a lot of discussions about that kind of stuff too. And I love my girl because she's very compassionate. But again, it's not something that she will ever understand or have to live with. But she is raising a biracial son who looks black. So these are things she has to be aware of because it could affect him later down the line. Um, and those are things I explained to her as well. But I mean, just really good conversation. Uh, I think it's a good conversation period with anybody, but especially someone who's not a minority. I think it sparks a very good conversation and that way you kind of see how uh, people think and the different perspectives. Um, I think it's important to talk to people with different perspectives uh, just for understanding. Um, also, with the uh, elections coming up, my girl and I, we both went and voted together today in the Texas uh, elections. And we have a big election here, um, especially with Ted Cruz as Senator and Beto O'Rourke uh, running against Ted Cruz. Um, my girlfriend has not been the most political person when we first met. She said she had only voted three or four times in her life. She was of the opinion that um, you know, her vote didn't really count. And I think that's because of other people that she had talked to in the past. Um, as we started dating, as we started getting closer to the election, you know, I just explained to her why voting was important to me, um, especially being black. Um, a lot of people fought and died for the right for me to vote. And I think it is absolutely necessary for me to exercise that right because of what the people before me did in order for me to have this opportunity. Um, you know, I think we've seen in the last election that, you know, votes count. They matter. And that's my opinion, though. Um, and I just told her how important I thought it was. And so she started kind of looking at the candidates. And I told her from day one, I would never tell you or encourage you to vote for anybody specific. That's your own opinion. We don't even have to talk about it. But just get involved, understand the process, understand what's going on, understand the issues. And we actually looked, I had her look at the, the uh, platforms for each party and said, just, you know, go with what pl party platform you think 
serves your best interest. And I don't know which one that was. Uh, I didn't ask. It's none of my business. But um, we watched the debates together. Uh, and we talked about the debates afterwards. You know, she had questions. I may know a little more about certain things that she does. And I gave her my opinion. And we actually Googled information and looked stuff up. Um, so she's really wanting to get involved and understand because, again, some of the stuff that's going on, some of these laws that are passing, they might not directly affect her. They probably will uh, directly affect her son, though. So I just thought it was important for her to, um, you know, just find out what's going on. And again, it was my opinion. I expressed it to her. She understood where I was coming from. She took it to heart and she realized that, yeah, maybe she does need to get involved. Um, I didn't make her do anything. I'm not that kind of dude. She has her own mind, her own free will to do whatever she wants. But I just want her to be informed. And we've had a lot of good discussions about that. And again, we she asked me um, if I would go vote with her. And we went this morning and voted, and I was proud of her. I didn't ask her who she voted for. Again, that's none of my business. So I'm just glad she chose to exercise that right. Uh, because right now, especially here in Texas, things are... Uh, it, it's a huge election, this uh, this go around, this primary. So I think Texas has a really good economy. My area uh, was ranked the second best area to live in in the nation, the city I live in. Um, it's booming. We have a lot of corporations moving their corporate offices here. Uh, we have a lot of growth and expansion. They're throwing apartment buildings up on any little piece of land they find. Uh, so the economy here is booming. That's one good thing about Texas, but there are a lot of negative things too. Uh, and I won't go into all of that, but um, I think it's important that whoever's listening, you have elections coming up, get out and vote. Um, it, it's, it's too important. We have too much at stake right now not to vote. Uh, if we want to continue with this divisiveness, I think, um, if you don't vote, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I wish we had leadership that would promote unity, but I have not seen that at all from the top. Not, not one bit. Not one unified front. Um, this dude keeps having these rallies and spreading his misinformation. And I think that's one of the biggest issues I have. He has rallies every other week. Taxpayers are paying for all of this stuff. What is he actually doing to help the country? He's pandering to his base, these people that believe his nonsense. He has a, a history of just throwing out information without any facts at all attached to it. Um, and the situation with the journalist who was killed in Saudi Arabia, uh, I've heard so many different reports on how this man died. And you know, one report was that he was alive as they start cutting his fingers off and his body was dismembered. and. There's not a lot of outrage about it. But I could guarantee if President Obama was still in the office, that would be outrage. If we look at what happened with Benghazi um, and Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State, Benghazi was a very unfortunate event. Uh, four people lost their lives. But to my understanding, and after doing some research, there was uh, a request for additional funding for security for those embassies that was denied by Congress, who at the time was run by Republicans. Um, but yet they had what, about 18, 19 investigations. Hillary Clinton had to testify for 10 plus hours. 
and nothing was found. She was not found to be at fault. But we had the issue in Niger last year where the Marines were killed. Uh, I think the Navy SEALs were killed and a guy's body was left over there. And no investigation has happened with that. And I wonder why. But you had 18, 19 investigations on Benghazi. So it's just such hypocritical, um, hypocritical efforts from Republican Party, and that's my opinion, but I, it's not, nothing is even. If you're going to have, you know, 18, 19 investigations on Benghazi, we should have the same thing for what happened in Niger and anything else. Uh, I don't know why we keep letting these people have a pass and, and don't grill them like they grill other people. Um, okay, enough of that. I, I could go on that for days. Uh, but moving on, let's get to something happier. Sports talk. Watched the Cowboys yesterday. They're garbage. Uh, after they put up 40 points uh, last week on Jacksonville, you know, people in the area was talking about Super Bowl and Dak is the greatest and all of that nonsense, which I knew was just nonsense anyway. Um, the Cowboys are average at best. They did go out and made a huge deal today. They traded the first round pick for Amari Cooper from the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I think he's an upgrade compared to what they have, but he's not a, a team maker. He's not a difference maker in that way, from my opinion. Uh, the Cowboys receiving core is garbage. Dak is average. Uh, Zeke is elite. But teams have, um, they stack the box because they don't trust the wide receivers. The wide receivers aren't proven. Uh, so they'll stack the box on Zeke and they'll stop the run. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys, they have won a game on the road, and I don't know how long. Uh, they tend to get very conservative when they go on the road, just like yesterday. A huge mismanagement of the clock at the end of the game. Um, instead of playing for the win, they played for a field goal tie and got a five-yard penalty, moved the field goal back to make it like a 50-something-yard field goal, and they hit the crossbar, and they end up losing the game. But instead of being aggressive and going for the win, or even trying to get closer, they just let time run off the clock. And just huge mismanagement of, of the clock with the minute left. And that's on Jason Garrett, which he's garbage too. Um, I wish they would let him go, but all they would do is replace him with another yes man to Jerry Jones. So might as well stick with what you have. But no high expectations for them the rest of the year. Uh, also, finally glad that basketball season has started too so you got a couple of different options to watch or kind of keeping in touch with the Dallas Mavericks they've been garbage since they won the championship but they have a nice young squad with the exception of Dirk he's like 50 but he's coming off the bench he's accepted his role and he can mentor some of the younger guys but they have a nice little young nucleus uh, and I think in a couple of years they're going to be pretty good so they may be a team to watch uh, in the next couple of years. They're slowly adding pieces. Um, and they're still, once they gel, I think they're going to be a decent team. Uh, not a playoff team this year, next year, but give them a good three to four years and, and really get to play together and gel as a team. If they can keep it together, I think they'll be okay. And I guess the big fight between uh, LA and Houston Rockets, Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo throwing blows at each other uh, I don't know the whole story. I just saw the highlights, but apparently 
Rajon Rondo spitting Chris Paul's face. That's what precipitated the the fight. Um, I know there was some suspicions. I haven't heard the whole details on that yet. But I guess that's one way to start off the basketball season. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for this week. I do need to give my verbal middle fingers. And they will go to three people this week. Golf cart Gale, Doorway Dorothy, and Bodega Becky. If you don't know these stories, the white lady on the golf cart who called the police on a black father at a youth soccer game because he was yelling at his son on the soccer field. And the guy even offered to leave, but no, she called the police on him anyway. Of course, nothing happened to the dude because he didn't do anything wrong. Um, Bodega Becky, that chick, claimed a nine-year-old boy grabbed her butt as he was leaving the store. She called the police on him. And with video proof, it showed that um, his backpack grazed her little flat ass. And then without that video proof, though, um, who knows what would have happened. But this little boy on the video, he's just crying, screaming. Uh, because he knew he didn't do anything wrong and she chose to call the police and then of course after she was proven wrong as they all are uh, she issued this lame apology and it's like you want to scar this little boy for life over some nonsense I mean it's just if you think about it if you know the story of Emmett Till uh, the young black kid from Chicago I think he was in Mississippi visiting family and the story was he winked at a white lady. She went and told her husband. His hu- Her husband went and got some more guys. They went to the house where Emmett Till was staying, uh, kidnapped him, beat him, and hung him from a tree. And I think this was in the 50s or the 60s. And the mom, Emmett Till's mom, decided to have an open casket because she wanted the world to see what these people did to her son just for supposedly winking at her. And also, uh, I think within the past 10 years, the lady who accused him of winking finally admitted that she lied. And she's still walking free. I think she's still alive. But anyway, and the last uh, verbal middle finger goes to Doorway Dorothy, the white lady who was trying to prevent a black man from going into his own building and demanding to see his key fob to get into his apartment. And he just, he denied. He was like, I'm not, I don't have to show you anything. You're not building security. So she got on the elevator with him all of this time saying she was afraid for her life. Followed him to his door where he opened the door and walked in. She still had the nerve to call police on him after he went into his apartment and said that she was told by uh, the building management that if you see someone in the building that you don't recognize, you need to stop them. That's not people's job, and I seriously doubt that's a policy because unless you know every single person that lives in that building, you won't know everybody. I think that's a ridiculous policy if that's what the policy is, but, man, people need to learn to mind their damn business because I'm sure a building like that probably has security cameras, and if anything would have happened, they could have checked the security cameras. But for her to stop this man, follow him all the way to the door, then still call the police once he unlocked his own door and went in is ridiculous. And I think she got fired from her job. But it's like, 
when will people just let black people live? Just let us live. Let us live our life. We're not doing anything. We can't barbecue. We can't go home. We can't even sit in our own apartment without getting shot and that being justified. So, uh, to y'all three ladies, rub a middle finger to y'all. Mind your business. Stop trying to ruin people's life over bullshit. Alright, that's it for this week. Until next week, God bless. Peace. What up, people? It is Monday, October 22nd. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. Man, I have a lot on my mind today. Um, I want to start off with the more serious stuff first. Um, I know in the last podcast I talked about my current girlfriend's ex-husband and how he's a bully. Well, this fool is only getting worse. Um... And it's taken a lot for me to bite my tongue and stay out of this situation and just be supportive of her and what she's going through with their with their son. Uh, this dude, and I'm not the type to really take sides. Uh, I've always been the type just I'm on the side of, of what's right. Um, you know, my girlfriend has expressed several issues that they've had together. She always asks my opinion and if I think she was wrong, I would tell her. You know, I would give her my opinion and I try to be uh, non-biased because she's my girlfriend, but I don't automatically take her side. But a lot of the stuff I've seen and read from his text messages to emails, something is mentally wrong with this dude. Uh, he seems to be at a point where his main goal in life is to make her life miserable at the expense of their son, which is very sad. I mean, to actually witness it and I know this is my girlfriend, but since we've been together since May, I've seen nothing but her try to be a co-parent, reach out uh, to him to try to co-parent, to ask for suggestions on what he feels they could do better as co-parents. Not once has he ever given an answer. He's a finger pointer and just blames her for every single thing. He has never once taken any responsibility for anything that he's done. And some of the latest bullshit he's done um, on a call with his son, he was on speakerphone and my girlfriend actually heard him tell his son that he chose the wrong mom for him. Um, that she was trying to intentionally keep them together because she doesn't love him. Uh, that she's racist because my girlfriend is white, her ex-husband is black, and they have a biracial son. Um, and just a caveat to that is, yes, my girlfriend is white. I've dated black girls before. I date who I want. I date who makes me happy. That's the end of that. But, um, you know, he to tell his son that their mom is racist and don't love him, it's just so over the line and ridiculous. And he's actually um, told his son he doesn't have to listen to his mom. And knowing that if he disobeys his mom, the son will get in trouble. She's going to discipline him. Um, but he's basically intentionally trying to get his son in trouble and cause issues uh, between the two. And it's just, it's so sad to see because the son is the one that's going to be hurt the most. It hurts my girlfriend because that's her son. 
and she knows what's going on. He's only seven. And my thing is, you know, she has an appointment with an attorney to try to get either supervised visitations or all out full custody of their son because as long as this dude is around, it, and I think it's important that a, a kid have both of their parents in their life, but not at the detriment to the kid like this. I mean, this something's mentally wrong with this dude. I Personally, I don't have any biological kids. Um, so it's definitely me on the outside looking in. And whenever she asks my opinion, the first thing I tell her is, look, I don't have any biological kids, but this is how I would handle it. Uh, I can go by the way I was raised. And also, uh, with my other ex-girlfriend, she has two daughters that I'm still close with now. And I've been in their life for the past seven years. I love those two girls to death. Uh, I would do anything for them. I still see them. I still have a relationship with the kids, but not their mother. Um, the girl's grandmother have custody of them. So, you know, she allows me to see them and, and talk to them. And I told those girls, as long as they want me in their life, I will be there for them. And I mean it. I go visit them, uh, spend time with them. They send me Father's Day cards. They send me stuff for my birthday. So we have a very close bond. So that's the closest I've had to raising kids. And I've actually lived with them before too when me and Mike live together. So I have a little experience, but not that, not from a biological standpoint. But I think a lot of stuff is common sense. Um, you know, I was fortunate to have two wonderful parents uh, that they're just genuinely good people. They're great examples of people and of parents and of what a marriage is. They've been married for 44 years, almost 45 years. So I've had good examples, but I understand that not everybody has had these examples. And with my girl, she didn't have the best examples of parenting. And her husband, uh, ex-husband, he's just, he's a bully. My girlfriend is pretty quiet and really speaking up for herself is kind of out of her comfort zone. But, you know, the way I explained it to her is either you speak up for yourself, that's the only way it's going to change. You have to get a backbone. You have to stand up to this bully because he'll keep trying to do it until you stand up to him. And he doesn't like the fact that she's standing up for herself. Uh, I never want to make anything worse, but I'm going to have my girls back, especially when she's right. Or when I see all she's trying to do is the right thing. Um, it's taking a lot for me not to talk to this dude, but that would only hurt the situation and make it worse. So... I'm just standing back. I'm being supportive. If she asks my opinion, I'll give her my honest opinion. If she want to take that information or not, that's fine. I'm cool either way. Um, but it's just to see this being done, somebody intentionally trying to harm their child, they're not looking at the bigger picture. They're not looking at how all of this information is affecting his son. And it, it's sad. And I feel bad for my girl because I know she's doing everything she can. She has him in therapy. Uh, she's in therapy herself, but the father, that's something wrong with that dude. Uh, he's an A1 asshole, and I hope, you know, this attorney um, will be able to help her because he needs to learn what he's doing, how it's harming his son. And obviously, he's not even thinking about that because he has such hatred for her that it's clouding his judgment concerning his son. So... Enough of that subject. Uh, is The only reason I talked about that first is because they had some issues going on today, and that's the most recent thing on my mind. Um, with that said, 
my girl took me to go see uh, The Hate You Give on Saturday night. And I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was very timely, uh, the subject matter. And if you're not familiar with it, it's about this young black girl who lives in the inner city, but her parents have chosen to uh, send her and her two brothers to a school in the suburbs, a private school, um, totally different environment. And basically, she kind of has two lives. She has her life at home, she has her life there at school. Well, she was uh, at a party and ran into an old friend of hers. He was taking her home from the party. They got pulled over by the cops, and the cop ended up shooting them, shooting uh, her friend. He had a hairbrush in his hand. Of course, the cop thought it was gun, shot him, and it was about the process after what happened, her being the only witness to what happened, having to testify in front of a grand jury, if she even wanted to come forward and let them know. Um, so it was just, I thought it was a very good movie, a timely movie, and it sparked a lot of conversation with me and my girlfriend because um, as much as she cares, she'll never be able to understand what it's like to be put in those situations to where, um, you know, just the different perspectives you get from situations like that. A lot of times when you're not a minority and these things are less likely to happen to you, it seems like the people who's less affected have the most to say. They have the biggest opinion about it. So talking to her and getting her thoughts and it just sparked a lot of dialogue uh, and conversation. And here in the Dallas area, the uh, situation where Botham John, who is the, the black man sitting in his apartment, the police officer, claimed she went to what she thought was her apartment and killed him. Um, you know, we've had a lot of discussions about that kind of stuff too. And I love my girl because she's very compassionate, but again, it's not something that she will ever understand or have to live with. But she is raising a biracial son who looks black. So these are things she has to be aware of because it could affect him later down the line. Um, and those are things I explained to her as well. But, I mean, just really good conversation. Uh, I think it's a good conversation period with anybody, but especially someone who's not a minority. I think it sparks a very good conversation, and that way you kind of see how uh, people think and the different perspectives. Um, I think it's important to talk to people with different perspectives uh, just for understanding. Um, also, with the uh, elections coming up, my girl and I, we both went and voted together today in the Texas uh, elections, and we have a big election here, um, especially with Ted Cruz as Senator and Beto O'Rourke uh, running against Ted Cruz. Um, my girlfriend has not been the most political person when we first met. She said she had only voted three or four times in her life. She was of the opinion that um, you know, her vote didn't really count. And I think that's because of other people that she had talked to in the past. Um, as we started dating, as we started getting closer to the election, you know, I just explained to her why voting was important to me, um, especially being black. Um, a lot of people fought and died for the right for me to vote. And I think it is absolutely necessary for me to exercise that right because of what the people before me did in order for me to have this opportunity. Um, you know, I think we've seen in the last election that, you know, votes count, they matter. And that's my opinion though. 
Um, and I just told her how important I thought it was. And so she started kind of looking at the candidates and I told her from day one, I would never tell you or encourage you to vote for anybody specific. That's your own opinion. We don't even have to talk about it, but just get involved, understand the process, understand what's going on, understand the issues. And we actually looked, I had her look at the, the uh, platforms for each party and said, just, you know, go with what plat party platform you think serves your best interest. And I don't know which one that was. Uh, I didn't ask, it's none of my business. But um, we watched the debates together uh, and we talked about the debates afterwards. You know, she had questions. I may know a little more about certain things that she does. And I gave her my opinion and we actually Googled information and looked stuff up. Um, so she's really wanting to get involved and understand because again, some of the stuff that's going on, some of these laws that are passing, they might not directly affect her. They probably will di uh, directly affect her son though. So I just thought it was important for her to, um, you know, just find out what's going on. And again, it was my opinion. I expressed it to her. She understood where I was coming from. She took it to heart and she realized that, yeah, maybe she does need to get involved. Um, I didn't make her do anything. I'm not that kind of dude. She has her own mind, her own free will to do whatever she wants. But I just want her to be informed. And we've had a lot of good discussions about that. And again, we she asked me um, if I would go vote with her. And we went this morning and voted, and I was proud of her. I didn't ask her who she voted for. Again, that's none of my business. So I'm just glad she chose to exercise that right. Uh, because right now, especially here in Texas, things are... Uh, it, it's a huge election, this uh, this go around, this primary. So I think Texas has a really good economy. My area uh, was ranked the second best area to live in in the nation, the city I live in. Um, it's booming. We have a lot of corporations moving their corporate offices here. Uh, we have a lot of growth and expansion. They're throwing apartment buildings up on any little piece of land they find. Uh, so the economy here is booming. That's one good thing about Texas, but there are a lot of negative things too. Uh, and I won't go into all of that, but um, I think it's important that whoever's listening, you have elections coming up, get out and vote. Um, it, it's, it's too important. We have too much at stake right now not to vote. Uh, if we want to continue with this divisiveness, I think, um, if you don't vote, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I wish we had leadership that would promote unity, but I have not seen that at all from the top. Not, not one bit. Not one unified front. Um, this dude keeps having these rallies and spreading his misinformation. And I think that's one of the biggest issues I have. He has rallies every other week. Taxpayers are paying for all of this stuff. What is he actually doing to help the country? He's pandering to his base, these people that believe his nonsense. He has a, a history of just throwing out information without any facts at all attached to it. Um, and the situation with the journalist who was killed in Saudi Arabia, uh, I've heard so many different reports on how this man died. And you know, one report was that he was alive as they start cutting his fingers off and his body was dismembered. and. There's not a lot of outrage about it. But I could guarantee if President Obama was still in the office, that would be outrage. If we look at what happened with Benghazi um, and Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State, Benghazi was a very unfortunate 
event. Uh, four people lost their lives, but to my understanding, and after doing some research, there was uh, a request for additional funding for security for those embassies that was denied by Congress, who at the time was run by Republicans. Um, but yet they had what, about 18, 19 investigations. Hillary Clinton had to testify for 10 plus hours and nothing was found. She was not found to be at fault. But we had the issue in Niger last year where the Marines were killed. Uh, I think the Navy SEALs were killed and a guy's body was left over there. And No investigation has happened with that. And I wonder why. But you had 18, 19 investigations on Benghazi. So it's just such hypocritical um, hypocritical efforts from Republican Party and that's my opinion but I, it's not nothing is even if you're going to have you know 18, 19 investigations on Benghazi we should have the same thing for what happened in Niger and anything else uh, I don't know why we keep letting these people have a pass and, and don't grill them like they grill other people um, okay enough of that I, I could go on that for days uh, but moving on let's get to something happier sports talk watch the Cowboys yesterday they're garbage uh, after they put up 40 points uh, last week on Jacksonville you know people in the area was talking about Super Bowl and Dak is the greatest and all of that nonsense which I knew was just nonsense anyway um, the Cowboys are average at best they did go out and made a huge deal today. They traded the first round pick for Amari Cooper from the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I think he's an upgrade compared to what they have, but he's not a, a team maker. He's not a difference maker in that way, from my opinion. Uh, the Cowboys receiving core is garbage. Dak is average. Uh, Zeke is elite. But teams have, um, they stack the box because they don't trust the wide receivers. The wide receivers aren't proven. Uh, so they'll stack the box on Zeke and they'll stop the run. Uh, obviously the Cowboys, they haven't won a game on the road and I don't know how long. Uh, they tend to get very conservative when they go on the road, just like yesterday. Uh, huge mismanagement of the clock at the end of the game. Um, instead of playing for the win, they played for a field goal tie and got a five-yard penalty, moved the field goal back to make it like a 50-something-yard field goal, and they hit the crossbar, and they ended up losing the game. But instead of being aggressive and going for the win, or even trying to get closer, they just let time run off the clock, and just huge mismanagement of, of the clock with the minute left. And that's on Jason Garrett, which he's garbage too. Um, I wish they would let him go, but all they would do is replace him with another yes man. To Jerry Jones, so might as well stick with what you have, but no high expectations for them the rest of the year. Uh, also, finally glad that basketball season has started too, so you got a couple of different options to watch. Uh, kind of keeping in touch with the Dallas Mavericks. They've been garbage since they won the championship, but they have a nice young squad with the exception of Dirk. He's like 50, but he's coming off the bench. He's accepted his role. And he can mentor some of the younger guys. But they have a nice little young nucleus. Uh, and I think in a couple of years, they're going to be pretty good. So they may be a team to watch uh, in the next couple of years. They're slowly adding pieces. Um, 
and they're still once they gel, I think they're going to be a decent team. Uh, not a playoff team this year, next year, but give them a good three to four years and and really get to play together and gel as a team. If they can keep it together, I think they'll be okay. And I guess the big fight between uh, L.A. and Houston Rockets, Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo throwing blows at each other. Uh, I don't know the whole story. I just saw the highlights, but apparently Rajon Rondo spit in Chris Paul's face. That's what precipitated the the fight. Um, I know there was some suspicions. I haven't heard the whole details on that yet, but I guess that's one way to start off the basketball season. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for this week. I do need to give my verbal middle fingers, and they will go to three people this week. Golf Cart Gale, Doorway Dorothy, and Bodega Becky. If you don't know these stories, the white lady on the golf cart who called the police on a black father at a youth soccer game because he was yelling at his son on the soccer field. And the guy even offered to leave, but no, she called the police on him anyway. Of course, nothing happened to the dude because he didn't do anything wrong. Um, Bodega Becky, that chick, claimed the nine-year-old boy grabbed her butt as he was leaving the store. She called the police on him. And with video proof, it showed that um, his backpack grazed her little flat ass. And then without that video proof, though, um, who knows what would have happened. But this little boy on the video, he's just crying, screaming uh, because he knew he didn't do anything wrong. And she chose to call the police. And then, of course, after she was proven wrong, as they all are, uh, she issued this lame apology. And it's like, you want to scar this little boy for life over some nonsense. I mean, it's just, if you think about it, if you know the story of Emmett Till, uh, the young black kid from Chicago, I think he was in Mississippi visiting family. And the story was he winked at a white lady. She went and told her husband. His hu- Her husband went and got some more guys. They went to the house where Emmett Till was staying. Uh, kidnapped him, beat him, and hung him from a tree. And I think this was in the 50s or the 60s. And the mom, Emmett Till's mom, decided to have an open casket because she wanted the world to see what these people did to her son just for supposedly winking at her. And also, uh, I think within the past 10 years, the lady who accused him of winking finally admitted that she lied. And she's still walking free. I think she's still alive. But anyway, and the last uh, verbal middle finger goes to Doorway Dorothy, the white lady who was trying to prevent a black man from going into his own building and demanding to see his key fob to get into his apartment. And he just, he denied. He was like, I'm not, I don't have to show you anything. You're not building security. So she got on the elevator with him all of this time, saying she was afraid for her life. Followed him to his door where he opened the door and walked in. She still had the nerve to call police on him after he went into his apartment and said that she was told by uh, man- the building management that if you see someone in the building that you don't recognize, you need to stop them. That's not people's job, and I seriously doubt that's a policy because unless you know every single person that lives in that building, you won't know everybody. 
I think that's a ridiculous policy if that's what the policy is. But, man, people need to learn to mind their damn business. Because I'm sure a building like that probably has security cameras. And if anything would have happened, they could have checked the security cameras. But for her to stop this man, follow him all the way to the door, then still call the police once he unlocked his own door and went in is ridiculous. And I think she got fired from her job. But it's like, when will people just let black people live? Just let us live. Let us live our life. We're not doing anything. We can't barbecue. We can't go home. We can't even sit in our own apartment without getting shot and that being justified. So uh, to y'all three ladies, rub a middle finger to y'all. Mind your business. Stop trying to ruin people's life over bullshit. All right, that's it for this week. Until next week, God bless. Peace.